I wish you a very warm welcome to our weekly podcast from St Michael's Lillishaw and St John's Muxton, two churches on the northeastern side of Telford in Shropshire. My name is Matthew and I'm the vicar here and I shall be leading you through this next half an hour or so where we have a chance to hear God's word, listen to a talk and to pray together. We have been in the middle of a series looking at hope But this week on Advent Sunday, it's my pleasure to bring you a talk from the Bishop of Litchfield, Bishop Michael Ipgrave. And so we will be listening to that in a moment or two. But first, let's hear the collect for Advent Sunday. Almighty God, give us grace to cast away the works of darkness and to put on the armour of light. Now, in the time of this mortal life, in which your Son, Jesus Christ, came to us in great humility, that on the last day, when he shall come again in his glorious majesty to judge the living and the dead, we may rise to the life immortal through him who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and for ever. Amen. Before we hear our readings, I invite you to join me in a time of confession. When the Lord comes, he will bring to light the things now hidden in darkness and will disclose the purposes of the heart, Therefore, in the light of Christ, let us confess our sins. And please do join with me as we say our confession together. Lord God, we have sinned against you. We have done evil in your sight. We are sorry and repent. Have mercy on us according to your love. Wash away our wrongdoing and cleanse us from our sin. Renew a right spirit within us and restore us to the joy of your salvation. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And so may the God of love bring us back to himself, forgive us our sins and assure us of his eternal love in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. first reading today is from Isaiah chapter 64. Oh that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you, as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil. Come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you, who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways. 
But when we continued to sin against them, you were angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who is unclean. And all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf. And the wind, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. No one calls on your name or strives to lay hold of you. For you have hidden your face from us and made us waste away because of our sins. Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter. We are all the work of your hand. Do not be angry beyond measure, O Lord. Do not remember our sins forever. O look upon us, we pray, for we are all your people. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second reading is Mark 13, beginning at verse 24. But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time men will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now, learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with his assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the cock crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. We're very grateful to Litchfield Diocese for making this talk of Bishop Michael's available for us on Advent Sunday, so I'm now going to hand over to him. A very happy new year to you all. Yes, today, Advent Sunday, is the first Sunday of the Church's new year, which begins on a note of great expectancy as we look for the coming of Jesus our Lord. And what does the Lord say to us at the start of this year? Well, Mark's Gospel is very clear about that. He says repeatedly to his disciples, keep alert, keep awake. What I say to you all is keep awake. Keep awake. Well, you might think, did he really need to say that to us just now? Because this is a time when many of us have absolutely no problem at all in keeping awake. 
It's the getting to sleep that is difficult. What's keeping you awake at night? Maybe it's worry over your children or your grandchildren or your dear friend. Maybe it's concern over your health or your partner's health. Maybe it's anxiety about your finances or your job or maybe just generally about the state of our world and our society. Maybe the isolation is getting to you or you're actually so tired that you can't even sleep. Or maybe it's one of those fears that feels so big in the small hours of the morning, so big that you feel like the poet Fleur Adcock in her wonderful haunting uh, poem called Things. There are worse things than having behaved foolishly in public. There are worse things than these miniature betrayals committed or endured or suspected. There are worse things than not being able to sleep for thinking about them. It is 5am. All the worse things come stalking in and stand icily about the bed, looking worse and worse and worse. Indeed, mental health issues have grown severely during this pandemic and as a result of the restrictions it has brought. We know that sleeplessness is often an index of mental ill health. We know that for a fact and some of it, some of you may know it as an experience. It's not hard to stay awake at a time like this. But the wakefulness that Jesus calls for is not of this kind. Jesus tells us to stay awake in expectancy because we are looking forward in hope. This is not a hope which ignores the harshness of reality. The gospel passage describes a time of suffering, of calamity, of anxiety. The hope which is given to us is one which acknowledges loss and pain and sadness. But it is a real hope nonetheless. This Advent Sunday is the last Sunday of lockdown. And our expectation is that from next week onwards, it will be possible for services to take place in our churches again. The skill and the inventiveness of clergy and lay people in taking worship online has been amazing. And I'm sure that digital church will continue to be part of our future from now on. And that's great. But at the same time, what a joy it will be when we can gather together 
again in person. When we can see one another face to face through our masks. When we can pray alongside one another, socially distanced. When we can receive the sacrament, maybe in one kind only. And as we gather again as church, we will be hearing and we will be telling stories of hope that should fill our hearts with joy. First of all, and greatest of all, of course, in a few weeks, we will be telling again the great story of the gift of Emmanuel. Emmanuel, his name means God is with us. That's the meaning of his name and it's the meaning of his life. He comes in Jesus to be born among us, to share our sorrows as well as our joys and never ever to leave us. It's going to be an unusual Christmas this year, but it certainly will be Christmas. And maybe as some of the dear familiar things we're so used to cannot happen this year, and some of the dear familiar people we love cannot join us this year, just maybe we'll be able to focus a bit more clearly on what Christmas is all about. Remember this year we celebrated Easter at the very point when the death rate from the virus was at its highest and we were locked down in our homes. What a time that was to proclaim Jesus' new life bursting from the tomb and defeating death. And now, at the darkest time of this dark year, we will celebrate Christmas, the feast of the shining light in the darkness that can never be overcome. This is hope for us and hope for all the world. And as we come back together again over the coming weeks and months in our churches and in our communities, we'll have our own stories of hope to tell too. Stories of a people who looked out for one another and took care of the vulnerable and the isolated. Stories of workers in the health service, in supermarkets, in deliveries, in many, many essential jobs who carried on courageously doing their duty for the common good. Stories of people who learned new skills who adapted to new ways of living, who gave to others with extraordinary generosity. Stories of people who learned to see the world in a new way, who realised that there is more to life than shopping, who started, perhaps for the first time, to explore what it means to pray, who found new meaning, new purpose, through coming across church online. Stories of people who came to terms with experiences of crushing grief and loss and started rebuilding their lives. Stories of people who were seized with anger at the injustices of our broken world and set about trying to change it. We all know that there's a great deal of sadness 
and anxiety in our world just now. But Advent reminds us of the other thing which we sometimes forget, but which we are to look out for because it is also there. The very many signs of hope in our churches and in our communities. And Jesus calls us, his people, to make a conscious choice to be a people of hope. And there are two reasons why he does that. The first reason is because we need hope. We need hope to keep on going. The great Austrian Jewish psychotherapist Viktor Frankl survived the horrors of the Holocaust in which his wife died. He grasped the importance of hope when he wrote, nobody can live for more than a few minutes without hope. If we have a hope that gives us a reason for living though, it gives us a capacity to cope with many things. Frankl also wrote, he who has a why to live can bear almost any how. He who has a why to live can bear almost any how. Viktor Frankl experienced a time that was immeasurably darker than what we have known. And yet he insisted that the most basic of human freedoms that could never be taken away was the freedom to choose one's attitude in any given circumstances. And in every circumstance, the attitude we should choose was hope. So we need hope, but that's only half the story. We need hope, but what, you know, what would happen if actually there is no hope available to us? Well, as St Paul said, then we would be, of all people, the most miserable. But that's not the case. There is hope grounded in reality for us. Jesus points his disciples to a sign, the sign of the fig tree. He says, as soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So he's pointing us to something beyond ourselves, to something that's really there, something we have not imagined, something that is real. And that reality, shown by the sign of the fig tree, is not summer, you know, not this climatic season of summer. We're as many months from that as we could possibly be. Rather, it is the warmth and the light of the reality of Christ our Son, dawning in our lives and on our world. And this is what our hope is built on, the firmest ground that we could be given that in Jesus, our God has come to us. He has shared our life and our death, and he has overcome the power of death through bursting from the grave. And this is the truth. It's not something we've made up for ourselves. Our hope is not in vain. And this is the truth, the message, that we are to share with one another, and with our communities and with our world 
as we point them to the signs of hope that are all around us. This is the message which transforms our lives and turns us from sadness to expectant joy on this Advent Sunday. And so today and every day, why not make the wonderful words of Charles Wesley's hymn, Your Prayer? Christ, whose glory fills the skies, Christ, the true, the only light, Son of righteousness, arise, triumph o'er the shades of night. Day spring from on high be near, day star in my heart appear. Visit then this soul of mine, pierce the gloom of sin and grief, fill me radiancy divine, scatter all my unbelief, more and more thyself display, shining to the perfect day. Amen. As we turn to prayer, we focus on this season, the first season in the church's year. Lord, prepare us for your Advent coming. In our prayers today, we try to come to you sure that you will meet us the rest of the way. Lord, prepare us for your coming in the church. Amid all the worries of the pandemic, would you clean out the unnecessary clutter of our church life, the dead habits, the prejudice, the compromise and the forgotten dreams. Open our church to the free flow of your refreshing spirit. Give to the church nationally and to our two churches here. St Michael's and St John's, vision and hope. We belong, we want to belong to you again. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, prepare us for your coming in the world. Drive away despair from our politics. Revive justice in our land. Restore our passion for what is good, right and true. We pray that you would establish your just and gentle rule in Yemen, in Syria, in Central Africa, in Azerbaijan and Armenia, where peace has been powerless and violent people have their day. 
we pray that in places where arrogant people have defied the moral order year after year, you would flame the fuse of justice. And we pray for those places where there is peace, that the continued voice of the peacemakers would be heard. We give thanks for peace in our land and pray for reconciliation and gladness in our time. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, would you prepare us for your coming in our own community? In the problems of our locality, help us never to forget the supremacy of love. May we be motivated by love for our neighbourhood. May love replace despair. May love inspire us to rise beyond mediocrity. And we pray for issues locally where there are problems. We pray for our health service as they struggle to meet the demands brought upon by the pandemic and also the need for regular health care. We pray for our schools as they try to educate our young people while at the same time keeping children and staff safe. We pray for local businesses who are facing loss of income. We pray for individuals who are facing redundancy. We pray that love would find a way, both gracious and practical, in all these situations. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, prepare us for your coming to those in need. Help us to see the face of the Saviour in the face of a stranger. Give us sensitivity to hear those who have doubt. And with that person, to bring hope amid confusion and futility. We pray for those who are ill those we know struggling in one way or another. And we pray for the bereaved. At this time, we think especially of the families of Jean Belcher, Don and Janet Johnson, Mike Majerison, Ken Batson, and Edwina Hotchkiss. Bring healing, hope, comfort and peace. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, this Advent, come ever nearer. Come to rejuvenate our faith. Come to fortify our social conscience. Come to open wide our eyes of wonder. So that when the Saviour comes, he may find our hearts ready. Amen. 
and let's conclude our prayers by saying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Just to say that our churches are able to open again uh, from next Sunday. And so we will go, be going back to the arrangements that we had before the November lockdown. If you wish to come to St Michael's, of course we have a limit of 30 people allowed in church at a time. So please do contact Francis Taylor by the Friday before. And if you wish to come to St John's, will you please contact Leslie in the church office? You can watch the Zoom service in church. Now, as we finish, let's hear a word of blessing. Christ, the Son of Righteousness, shine upon you, scatter the darkness from before your path, and make you ready to meet him when he comes in glory. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us and with those we love, now and always. Amen. Amen.